Ohio's economy takes its toll on Democrats. That tax hike delay gets a cool reception in the state Senate. And Central Ohio congressmen and women explain their health care votes. These topics and more this week on Columbus on the Record. From the Battelle studio at WOSU at Coside, this is Columbus on the Record, WOSU-TV's weekly analysis of the top stories affecting Central Ohio. Joining Mike Thompson this week, Reginald Fields, Columbus Bureau Chief for the Cleveland Plain Dealer, Joe Ingalls, Statehouse Reporter for Ohio Public Radio, Jerry Austin, Democratic Strategist, and Bob Clegg, Republican Strategist. In 2006, Ted Strickland promised to turn around Ohio. In 2009, the voters seemed to be slowly turning on him. As the economy worsens, so does Ted Strickland's approval ratings. He's down to 43% for his approval rating, his lowest score ever. And in a snapshot of next year's governor's race, he is now in a dead heat with Republican challenger John Kasich. This all according to the latest Quinnipiac University poll. Reggie Fields, given the loss of jobs and his campaign promises from 2006, you can't be surprised by his drop in the, in the polling. No, I, I don't think you, you can be. I mean, we've seen it before in the last few major elections where the economy and what's going on with jobs and, you know, what they call the, uh, the coffee table issues, when that's not going well, uh, people tend to want to, you know, consider where, where are our other options in terms of the politicians. And I think that's what we're seeing now. We saw that in 2008. We saw that in 2006. And now we see uh, where our governor is, go is, is getting sort of the same treatment. And what's interesting is that, uh, um, that his repo Republican opponent, John Kasich, really hasn't done anything so far. He hasn't had to do anything because of, you know, what's going on with the economy and how that's sort of drugged down. Uh, the governor, John Kasich, is able to sort of take a page from Strickland's playbook in 2006 when um, he didn't have to do very much either, you know, leading up to that election. So, The biggest plus about uh, being a governor is being the incumbent. The biggest minus about being governor is being the incumbent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, given, the, given how bad the economy is, is a 47% approval rating pretty good? That, that's, see, the, that's the wrong thing to concentrate on. The thing yeah. to concentrate on is there's a question that we usually ask at this stage of the campaign, which is, would you vote to reelect Ted Strickland or someone else? Unknown. The number on the someone else is the real telltale sign. I don't know what it is. But uh, if that number is uh, south of 40, you've got a big problem. Well, it's 40-40. That's Strickland and Kasich, according to this no, poll. No, this is, this is with nobody, no, no other opponent. Just they nope. vote for somebody else. That number is probably even lower than that. Well, and to that point, I mean, in that very same poll where uh, Kasich is, is drawn even with Strickland, uh, there's another question that asks whether or not people know who John Kasich is, yeah. mm -hmm. and they don't know who yeah, he 70%. is. Overwhelmingly, they have no idea who he is. So it's just the, the idea of, well, let's try someone else maybe. And we're a year out. We're a year out from the election. A lot can change in a year. And let's face it, you know, people don't know about John Kasich. And when they start to learn about John Kasich, they might not like his policies either, particularly if it involves cutting state government, as it might. Um, you know, th there might be a lot of scuttlebutt about that. And uh, people might not, not like that either. So is this John Kasich's chance, Bob, to get his ads on the air to introduce him in a positive way to voters before Strickland's campaign? Uh, I'm sure he ones. will, um, because I think they know what's going to happen. I think what they're going to do is look at what happened in New Jersey, and I think this is going to follow a very similar path, where you had the Republican uh, doing well against the Democrat incumbent, and then the Democrat incumbent, of course, started running ads trying to bring down that Republican. 
But I think what you see, what you saw there, and what you're going to see next year here in Ohio is the fact that Strickland has the same two problems that that Corzine had in New Jersey. One being the just the national environment, national political environment isn't good for Democrats, and number two your performance in office is not doing, you're not doing well in that regard either. And I think it's really tough. It was obviously tough for Corzine to survive both of those in a very blue state. I think it's going to be even more difficult for Strickland to survive in a, at best, purple state. His negatives were higher than where Strickland is now, though. Yes, but give it time. I mean, we're talking about losing over 330,000 jobs. I think what, what, what drove the negatives on Corzine even higher was the fact that he went ahead and raised taxes on people, uh, property taxes, and that was actually became the very first issue uh, or the very top issue in a lot of the voters' minds in New Jersey. How much can Ted Strickland blame the state's economic woes and how successfully will he be if he does it on the national meltdown? Well, well it was already occurring before yeah. Ted Strickland took office, let's face it, um, that we were already seeing this exodus of jobs. We were already seeing bad signs in the economy. But he promised to turn us around. He did, uh, but then a lot of things happened since he took office that, uh, you know, the meltdown at Wall on Wall Street that escalated. Um, a lot of things happened that he couldn't control that were on the national front, so that may play into this as well. The, the, uh, the voters in this state and nationally understand that this governor and this president didn't cause these problems. However, they are the ones in office right now. They expect them to solve these problems. And even though the, the problems may have taken eight years in the making, they want them solved now. Let's look at the Senate race where Democrats are also starting to see some erosion in their support. If you look at the Quinnipiac poll, Rob Portman leads both Jennifer Bruner and Lee Fisher, 38-34 over Jennifer Bruner and 39% over Lee Fisher's 36%. This is the first time Rob Portman has led in, these, in this race, in, these polling, in this poll. Of course, we'll vote for, Ohio Democrats will vote for uh, their candidate first. And if you look at the Lee Fisher versus Jennifer Bruner race, very tight, 24% for Lee Fisher, 22% for Jennifer Bruner, 51% still undecided. Jerry, is that a big number? It's, it's, it's a big number, but it's not a surprising number because um, both Jennifer Bruner being Secretary of State and Lee Fisher having basically down ballot office of Attorney General, you don't get a lot of name recognition. No one knows who they are. No one knows who Portman is. No one knows who Mr. Ganley is. And uh, the other thing is no one may know who they are for quite a while because the number one race in this state next year is the governor's race. But Lee Fisher, he's, he's run statewide before. He's served mm -hmm. statewide. He's still unknown. Is that worrisome for him? It's been a lot of years since he was Attorney General, and he lost in 98, and that's even a long time ago. I think what we're looking at here in these matchups is pretty much a generic ballot, yeah. you know, because all, all these guys aren't known. So I think what you're looking at is, okay, would you vote for a Republican or would you vote for a Democrat? And that's what this is showing. One unknown is Tom Ganley, and he went on TV this week with a television ad, which is running on Fox News and other cable stations. Here's a look at it. Tom Ganley. Like you, he gets up early and goes to work every day. For 47 years, Tom Ganley worked to build his business, create jobs, meet the payroll, and survive on a budget. Hard work the Washington politicians don't understand. To help create jobs for Ohio, Tom Ganley knows Washington must stop reckless spending cut taxes for small business, say no to taxpayer-funded bailouts of big business. Bob Clegg, does he 
Does he have any chance at all against Rob Portman? He's got a lot of money, a lot of personal wealth. He's got well, if, promises to sink into his campaign. Yeah, if, if, if he finally cuts the check that, that starts the, you know, his money flowing in his campaign, he, he might. I doubt it. Um, I, I think that uh, he, he can't out-conservative you know, Rob Portman. So, I mean, he's, uh, there's, there's no, and there's no party structure there that's going to be backing him. There, there will be a party structure there backing Portman. So I think he's got a really tough road to hoe. It was interesting. There's, there was one car in that ad. You start in the parking lot when he's walking into the building. He's a car dealer. He was yes, car he keys he put on the desk, but those are the only two <laughs> even remote. It had a sign of one of his, is that, is he, is being a car dealer not a good thing to run on these days? Well, it, it depends what people uh, think about in, uh, when they think about car dealers, and many times <laughs> it's not a very good thing, so no, he may, he may realize that. I kept the car dealers got their, their greatest publicity recently in the Clunker program, <laughs> and I, I would suggest that, that Mr. Hanley needs to visit the gym first thing in the morning before coming to the office. <laughs> Ooh, ouch, okay. Ooh. Now, Next Jerry, time. remember what Corzine, what happened to Corzine when he was talking about his opponent's weight? That's right. Don't be throwing your weight around that, Jerry. <laughs> I'm just giving advice to Republicans. <laughs> All right, thank you, Jerry. Topic thank two. Senate <laughs> President Bill Harris this week indicated he is opposed to delaying the last phase of the state's income tax. The Republican leader told retail merchants, quote, now is not the time to stop the tax cut. Other Republican leaders were more cryptic in their comments. While they don't like Ted Strickland's tax cut plan, they have yet to agree on anything else. Bob Clegg, what happens if Republicans don't come up with a better plan than Ted Strickland's? Uh, they're going to they're gonna come up with a plan that they, they, that they will like. Now it's going to be in the eyes of the beholder, probably, uh, whether you know, it's a good plan or not. I mean, I think President uh, Harris has, has, has been very forthright about he doesn't like the idea of raising taxes when we have a really bad economy with over 11% unemployment. And that's the basis of where he's coming from. So, I mean, I think he truly believes this is not the right time to raise taxes. So that's why he's saying he doesn't want to do it. He doesn't, he's saying he doesn't want to do it. He didn't say absolutely not. Is there, no. Am I reading too much into it, or is there still some wiggle room there? There's something here, too, that we've got to remember. Some of the constituents that are usually behind Republican candidates, for the example, the uh, Chamber of Commerce, uh, the Farm Bureau, some of those groups came out very early on when Governor Strickland announced his idea that he wants to freeze or delay that, that tax cut. They came out very early on supporting him. And those are the very constituents that tend to go Republican. So you don't want to go against your constituents in that way, and, and that might be in the back of their mind as well. I mean, the issue here is what, what are your options? I mean, what, what else are you going to be able to do? And that's um, uh, even Senator Kerry, who um, heads the, um, the Senate Finance Committee, has said, you know, I don't know what our options are at this point. You know, so I believe what they, what they want to do is be able to, to take their time to consider everything instead of rushing into something and, and jumping on board, kind of like what they did with the, the, uh, the governor's slot machine proposal for the tracks. They just kind of jumped on board right away. I don't think they want to, you know, go that route again. They want to at least kind of vet it out. But I really, what other options do you have at this point? The Senate Finance Committee votes this week. Any chance at all that it passes this coming week? What is it? The, tax, <laughs> the, the governor's tax you know, I, cut I, delay slash tax hike plan. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think the question becomes what will pass? And, you know, we may see some sort of combination cobbled together or something of that nature where there's a little give and take in it. I don't know. They could, they could say, well, we're not going to roll it all back, but we'll roll part of it back, and we're going to couple that with cuts. I mean, who knows what they're going to do, but it's really hard right now to find out 
out at the state house what is going on behind closed doors in that front. I mean, we saw um, when when the House passed this, um, a few, well, maybe it was it two Republicans, maybe one, uh, Representative Dolan from from the Northeast Ohio area, um, not only voted against it, but gave an impassioned speech, um, or voted for it, I should say, but gave an impassioned speech why he, um, you know, went against his own Republican colleagues. I'm not so sure that uh, what he had to say um, is not going to resonate with, you know, with other Republicans, even over in the Senate right now. Um, just realizing that, you know, at some point, maybe this is not a party line issue, but this is an issue where, again, let's think it through, but you're still going to, ultimately, you're going to have to do, you know, what you have to do here. And, you know, you're talking about, if you're making cuts, you're talking about making cuts to education. You're talking about making cuts to prisons. You're talking about making cuts to mental health, areas where there have already been cuts. And it's not going to be politically popular to do that either. When does this happen? When does this get resolved? I mean, each month that passes, the budget gets conceivably further and further out of balance. Not, well, keep in mind that one of the numbers that are being watched every month are the revenues coming into the state. And if the economy gets better and more revenues come in, then, then you, they subscribe to what I call the Dusty Springfield, Dion Warwick School of Economic <laughs> Finance, which is wishing and hoping. <laughs> and uh, if you wish it and hoping it's getting better, then maybe you don't have need as much money uh, to balance the budget. I, th I, th I, s I hear a PBS <laughs> special here. <you> know? <laughs> Get the free CD. Uh, we'll talk about casinos more in a moment, but speaking of wishing and hoping, are they looking at these $50 million licensing fees and say, okay, that's $200 million? Oh, sure they are. It's too much money not to look at. So, yeah, they're going to look at it. The question is, you know, are they going to try to try to tweak it to get more money? out of these licenses. That's going to be the, when, the other thing. When, 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 when are they paying this licensing fee? Right, I was going to speak. Yeah, the commission's got to be up and running and all that. Well, and they've got six months to, yeah. to do that. So, I mean, we're still talking it's long out. It's April. And I'm not sure that anyone's looking to wait that long. I, you know, to your earlier question, I think it's going to get done, um, and it probably will get done like a lot of other business does in the state in a lame duck, you know, period of time between Christmas and New Year's when they're kind of shoveling through a lot of other, you know, stuff that's just kind of lingering. I mean, any chance the Republicans will say, okay, we'll delay it for one year, two years, and that, but that's it. As long as you promise that after two years, the tax cut goes into play and that's good. I mean, that's, you could, could they stop How do you that? make that deal for a future legislature? Or a future governor. Well, Bob Taft did it when he mm -hmm. put this five-year tax cut in place. Mm -hmm. well, he controlled both houses of the, of, of the yeah. s uh, General yeah. Assembly. And that's, you know, that's kind of where I was going with my comment earlier. I think we will see some kind of, uh, something will be done behind the scenes. I don't think we're going to see Governor Strickland's um, tax cut plan or tax rollback plan the one that the legislature passed, I don't think we're going to see that pass in its form right now in the Senate. But we very, may very well see some kind of combination, some kind of trigger or something like that. Yeah. Okay, let's get to our third topic. Ohio members of Congress returned to their districts this week where they had to explain last week's vote on health care reform. Ohio's House delegation was split on the reform package that moved to the Senate. They were largely split along party lines. Democrat Mary Jo Kilroy voted for it. Republican Pat T. Berry voted against it. The key sticking points, a prohibition on using taxpayer dollars for abortions, a government-run or publicly-run insurance option, and the overall price tag of the reform bill. Now, Jerry Austin, you crunch numbers for a living. Explain this for me. Half of Ohioans, more than half of Ohioans, do not like President Obama's health care plan, but more than half of Ohioans support a public option. How does that work? 
Um, <laughs> as, as usual, the, the, the populace is a little bit behind the education curve. Um, <laughs> it also goes with the fact that um, when people talk about their being against the, the public option, a lot of those people don't understand that Medicare is you know, a government-run program also. So uh, this, is a, this is a very uh, you know, interesting issue because it's, it's it was one member of the House, Republican, voted for uh, this package, um, only one, and uh, he's in a Democratic district in, in Louisiana. Um, so I think what you're going to find here is that I think a bill is going to pass. It's going to pass by the end of the year. It won't be the Democratic bill that passed the House, and it won't be what the Republicans want. It'll be something in between because I think everybody knows that people in their districts want some sort of a health care program. Public option, will that be? There'll, uh, there'll be a public option, but how that's going to be defined, uh, yeah. who knows? What's at stake for Ohio lawmakers facing re-election? I mean, Mary Jo Kilroy faces a very tough re-election fight. Pat T. Berry possibly could face a tough re-election fight. I mean, are, are voters looking at health care reform? How high up on the ladder is it? I mean, the economy is number one. How far down is health care reform? I, I think health care reform is pretty far down in people's, and not only because I think the economy is so bad right now that that's just taking everyone's attention. I think what, what's hurting the Democrats is that it's, it's being viewed by a lot of people that they're dealing with an issue and spending a lot of time and effort on an issue that really isn't the most important issue out there. It's obviously jobs. I think the, the president's finally getting that, and that's why he's having his job summit in a few weeks. But I don't know if that's even going to be enough attention to what m every, most people feel is the most important problem. I think people like Kilroy have a problem because her district is not that Democrat. You could even say it's, it's pretty much dead even Republican Democrat. And this bill has so many things in it that are not good that people don't like, such as you're going to, if you don't have health coverage, you choose not to have health insurance, you can be fined or you will be fined, and it's a fine by the IRS. And if you choose not to pay that fine, you then, uh, then, uh, then can be open to civil and criminal charges, which means you could be put in jail. And, and, and those are kinds of things that people think maybe we've gone one step too far. I, I, I disagree um, with one of the things Bob said. Um, I saw a poll that was right before this election, a statewide poll. And uh, healthcare wasn't number two; it was tied for number one, with, with obviously with jobs, and no no other issue was even in double digits. Now that's not hard to figure out since it's been in in the public eye for all this year. So I think that healthcare is an important issue, and people can understand that healthcare is something they can they can sort of touch and smell. The jobs issue is something that they can feel. You're either going to get a job or you're not going to get a job. You know people who don't have a job. But the health care thing is something that everybody deals with. And the older you get, you know, the more you deal with it. Demographics, John Bocciari, Democrat, voted against the House plan. He's in a kind of a funny district in northeast Ohio. Includes Canton, but it's, it's mainly rural. He said the price tag was too high. So he didn't feel like he could go along with his party leaders. He is what I would call a smart Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, we have seen uh, independent groups that have looked at the financials of this health care plan, and a lot of people are saying, you know, if this passes, that in a couple of years we're going to see a health care fix because it's going to be too expensive. And these are economists who are looking at it who don't have a partisan, you know, leg to stand on, if you want to say that. All right, let's get back to casinos. We touched on it earlier, but casino developers 
paid a visit to Governor Strickland and top lawmakers this week at the State House. Neither the developers nor the lawmakers said much about what was discussed at that meeting. As of right now, the casino developers hold all the constitutional cards, but it is still up to state lawmakers to establish the rules and appoint the commission which will regulate the casinos. Joe Ingalls, is it possible that lawmakers who oppose the plan could stall this with excessive regulations or red tape? It is very possible that they could stall this with regulations and red tape, um, but it's also very possible that if that happens, there's going to be a lawsuit. And, uh, you know, it's a constitutional amendment. Uh, it, it trumps anything else. So uh, they pretty much, lawmakers have to be able to put this in place. That's the number one rule. And um, the lobbyists are going to have a key say in what happens because, um, you know, they're, they're in the rooms, they're talking right now with them as to how they want to set up this commission, uh, what kind of things they want to do, and we're going to see in the next few months exactly what will be done, but I think that we're definitely, if, if we see a stall, if we see it too much of a pushback, then we're also going to see a lawsuit. But court proceedings take mm -hmm. time as well. And they do. And everything else. But let, me, let, me, let me tell you who, uh, who won this election on the casino side, in my opinion. And this has been, I think, the fifth time it's been on the ballot, and it's never come close. Uh, this one won, 53-47. Uh, I did my own focus group, um, which were people who had never, ever voted yes on a casino issue. They have never been to a casino. They don't plan on going to a casino, and they voted yes. I said, why? One, why not? We've tried everything else. You know, let's give this a try. And number two, we're sick and tired of, of our money going out of the state, and right now, Ohio is surrounded by states that have casinos. So I think if the legislature doesn't understand that the will of the people has just been, has been spoken, uh, that it's, it may be an issue in the, in the 2010 election. To pave the way for the development, I'm sure the casino developers want to get going as soon as possible. Might they give more than the amendment gives them in their negotiations with lawmakers? Higher licensing fees for one thing? Why? Yeah. No. I, I, don't, no. I don't see that no. happening, no. Uh-uh. No. They'll play hardball. They got their best deal. It's they put it on the ballot, it passed. They're yeah. not going to give up on that. It's I mean, rightly theirs. They've got the, the vote of the people behind them. And that was, that was the problem with a lot of the arguments from some of the lawmakers who came out a day after the vote or something, already wanting to put something on the ballot that was going to repeal it. It, it, didn't make quite, it didn't quite make sense so quickly to raise that as, as, as an option when people there were, it was well reported what the details of this this plan were, and so people knew that about the fifty million dollars uh, licensing fee. They knew what the tax rate was going to be. Um, they knew those details, and they still decided to vote for it. The reason why people vote, voted for it, um, is, is as uh, Jerry said, is because of the economy right now. People saw, you know, this as nothing else is working right now. Why not try this? And the other side, you know, uh, made a big push saying that this is going to create jobs. Whether it creates jobs or not, people believed it because there's nothing else to believe in right now. You know the number one um, employer is in Ohio today? Walmart. Uh, Walmart. And when's the last time 34,000 jobs were created? Even if you don't believe that number, let's knock it in half, 17. When was the last time? How about never? Well, you probably answered my next question. Franklin <laughs> County doesn't want it, according mm -hmm. to the polls. This we get to the whole amendment doesn't require the casinos to be built. Any chance that they say, all right, we're not going to build the, C the Columbus one now? No. <laughs> okay, see, I told you you answered my question. <laughs> well, but the, but the one so to watch fast. for is, is Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. See, Cincinnati yeah. was the one to watch for because 
Yeah. That's right across yeah. the river. Toledo, so same. That, that may be way. the one that you yeah. may not. Yeah, yeah. I'm hearing more rumors about the Toledo one, maybe or maybe not being built than anything here in Columbus. Columbus has just got too many people for them yeah. not to, and it's pretty much landlocked as far as getting anywhere else. And there's to no gamble. casino really near us. Right. So no, they have so, the market. Yeah. yeah, but the, I think the other thing is that you know if they're in negotiations behind closed doors, so Columbus is the one place in the state where they didn't want the casino, where you've got uh, people who are trying to actually go back to the ballot with something else. They want to get rid of that, that option in Columbus. So, you know, if that, st that starts to get momentum, if there's something that starts to come about because of this alternative, let's go to the ballot plan, and the casino developers see that there might be, that they might lose something in the process, Columbus may very well be the thing that they say, Okay, I, we're not going to develop it. I think that's difficult only because um, there are two different entities involved yeah. here, and one is Penn National, which has Columbus and Toledo. They're most likely not to do Toledo, but they're definitely going to do Columbus. That's I where believe. the money is. Let's get to our weekly off-the-record comments from our panel. Final thoughts, predictions for the weeks ahead. Reggie, you're up first. Uh, well, today the uh, Department of uh, Rehabilitation and Correction, the prison system, introduced some new uh, procedures and protocols for death penalty execution, going from a three-drug concoction to just a one-drug kind of knock them out sort of approach. And if we thought that we had uh, controversy before, we're going to have a lot of controversy over this approach here. Simpler method, but not simple arguments. Yeah. Joe. I do not think that this casino, uh, that the board and everything will be put in place uh, without a lawsuit of some sort. There will be something that will go to court. Jerry. There's going to be a lot of talk about uh, running mates for um, Kasich and for Strickland. Uh, I suggest, A, it doesn't matter who the running mate is, but uh, Strickland's going to have two running mates, Lee Fisher and Barack Obama. Okay. And Bob. Um, I think that this first uh, television ad we saw uh, that you showed tonight is 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 not going to be the only one that's going to be out there early. I think we're going to see a lot of people going up in January, starting in January with their campaigns. Negative or positive or both? It's always both. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is Columbus on the Record for this week. Don't forget to check out our website. We have streaming video of each show so you can catch up if you miss us on a Friday or a Sunday. We also have a link to Facebook on our website. Check out our page, woosu.org slash cotr. For our crew here at WOSU at COSI and for our panel, I'm Mike Thompson. Have a good week.